What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to the show. It's time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I'm Andrew for America. How's it going, people? What's new in your neck of the woods? Up here in Minnesota, it's butt cold, and I'm fresh out of beer. <laughs> you guys ever see Grumpy Old Men, Burgess Meredith? Oh, man. It is an accurate depiction of the great state of Minnesota. Lots going on in the world. want to talk about a couple things today I found to be quite interesting uh, when I recently stumbled upon them. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about today is remember when remember the beginning of the pandemic there was all these conspiracy theories going around like oh uh this is just a cover for or it's a nice false front for 5g rollout and it hasn't been tested and we don't know what it's going to do to people and it got easily dismissed or lost in the media shuffle or ignored or censored or something but it was like this really big story in the beginning of the pandemic. I don't know if you guys remember. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, of course, surrounding the whole 5G thing. And if it has anything to do with the coronavirus reaction rollout by the government, um, is there something in the vaccines that is going to help us with the radiation that is going to be forced upon us by 5G, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, right? A lot of people have been talking about it. So this is, I wanted to read this by you, uh, run this by you and read this to you. This is from something called the Journal of Clinical and Translational Research by the Weok Publishing uh, LTD. Uh, this looks like a study... Uh, I read through it, and, I mean, it's cited like a study. It looks like scientific research uh, being published. So you can go do, you can go look it up. You can decide for yourself if this is a reputable journal, Journal of Clinical and Translational Research by the WHIOCE Publishing and Printing House, LTD, uh, I believe. Okay. Title, Evidence for a Connection Between Coronavirus Disease and Exposure to Radiofrequency Radiation from Wireless Communication, Including 5G, by Beverly Rubick and Robert R. Brown. And here we go, background and aim. Uh, COVID-19 public health policy has focused on the severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS-CoV-2 virus, and its effects on human health, while environmental factors have been largely ignored. In environmental factors have been largely ignored. In consideration, uh, the epidemiological triad agent-host environment applicable to all disease we investigated a possible environmental factor in the COVID-19 pandemic. Ambient radio frequency radiation from wireless communication systems, including microwaves and millimeter waves, SARS-CoV-2 virus that caused COVID-19 pandemic, 
surfaced in Wuhan, China shortly after the implementation of citywide fifth-generation 5G wireless communication radiation that will be defined in the acronym, uh, the acronym WCR henceforth throughout the course of this article, and rapidly spread globally, initially demonstrating a statistical correlation to international communities with recently established 5G networks. In this study, we examined the peer-reviewed scientific literature on the detrimental bio-effects of WCR and identified several mechanisms by which WCR may have contributed to the COVID-19 pandemic as a toxic environmental cofactor. By crossing boundaries between the disciplines of biophysics and pathophysiology, we present evidence that 1. WCR may cause morphologic changes in erythrocytes, including echinocyte and rouleau formation that can contribute to hypercoagulation. And I played a uh, piece about that from the Stu Peters show a couple uh, podcasts back where they're talking about the rouleau and how the red blood cells are linking together uh, allegedly due to the vaccine. And apparently it happens when you get the virus itself too. But maybe 5G and radio frequency uh, waves are affecting it. I mean, you guys know about Nikola Tesla, right? Tesla said that if you want to know the secret to the universe, you got to pay attention to radio frequencies and and to electromagnetic physics and science, I guess. Okay? Two, impair microcirculation and reduce erythrocyte and hemoglobin levels, exacerbating hypoxia. Three, Amplify immune system dysfunction, including immunosuppression, autoimmunity, and hyperinflation. I'm sorry, hyperinflation. Hyperinflammation. Four, increase cellular oxidative stress and the production of free radicals resulting in vascular injury and organ damage. And five, increase intracellular CA2+, essential for viral entry, replication, and release, in addition to promoting pro-inflammatory pathways, and six, worsens heart arrhythmias and cardiac disorders. Okay, so this study studied how coronavirus interacts with WCR, wireless communication radiation. And you, you know you already got radiation coming from your cell phones. If you don't, people, I hope you do. They say that you should uh, hold the, your cell phone up to your left ear rather than your right ear because apparently your right ear is closer to your brain than your left ear. And you're getting the radiation is getting too close to your brain when you hold it up to your right ear. I mean... Who knows if there's any scientific evidence to prove that bullshit. I just heard that somewhere along the way. But I also do follow this group about, um, what is the title? It's on Facebook. It's a group called Truth About um, 5G or Truth About Radio Frequencies. Uh, And they advocate for 
safe and transparent science and uh, you know distribution of the f- the danger factors with regard to your smartphones and the coming 5G world that is upon us. <laughs> so there's people out there that are concerned about what this is going to do and how you know what kind of things does this open up for our future? Is it going to have a physiological reaction with our bodies? I, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the guys that work on these 5G towers, these whistleblower videos that are going around the social media and on the uh, you know throughout the internet, talking about oh my God, it's going to be so dangerous. The radiation is you know much more than safe levels, and we're all going to die, doom and gloom, fear porn, right? Is there truth to it? Who knows? But let's see what these people say. Let's continue. Okay, here we go. Relevance for patients. In short, WCR has become a ubiquitous environmental stressor that we propose may have contributed to adverse health outcomes of patients infected with SARS-CoV-2 and increased the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic. Therefore, we recommend that all people, particularly those suffering from SARS-CoV-2 infection, reduce their exposure to WCR as much as reasonably achievable until further research better clarifies the systemic health effects associated with chronic WCR exposure. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Here we go. Background. Coronavirus. COVID-19 has been the focus of international public health policy since 2020, despite unprecedented public health protocols to quell the pandemic. The number of COVID-19 cases continue to rise. We propose a reassessment of our public health strategies. According to the CDC, the simplest model of disease causation is the epidemiological triad consisting of three interactive factors, the agent or pathogen, the environment, and the health status of the host. Intensive research is being done on the agent, severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS-CoV-2. Risk factors that make a host more likely to succumb to the disease have been elucidated. However, environmental factors have not been sufficiently explored. In this paper, we investigated the role of wireless communication radiation, a widespread environmental stressor. We explore the scientific evidence suggesting a possible relationship between COVID-19 and radio frequency radiation related to wireless communications technology, including 5G. Henceforth referred to as WCR. Uh, WCR has already been recognized as a form of environmental pollution and physiological stressor. uh, Assessing the potentially detrimental health effects of WCR may be crucial to develop an effective rational public health policy that may help expedite eradication of COVID-19. In addition, because we are on the verge of worldwide 5G deployment, (laughs) very important, It is critical to consider the possible damaging health effects of WCR before the public is potentially harmed. And people, apparently they're about to turn 5G up all the way. 
Apparently they haven't turned it up all the way yet for one reason or another. And so when they turn 5G up all the way, it will be interesting to see if COVID-19 cases increase or decrease. It'll be very interesting and fascinating indeed. 5G protocol Uh, I'm sorry, 5G is a protocol that will use high-frequency bands and extensive bandwidths of the electromagnetic spectrum in the vast radio frequency range between 600 megahertz to nearly 100 gigahertz, which includes millimeter waves in addition to the currently used third-generation and fourth-generation long-term evolution microwave bands. 5G frequency spectrum allocations differ from country to country. Focused pulsed beams of radiation will emit from new base stations and phased array antennas placed close to buildings whenever persons access the 5G network. Because these high frequencies are strongly absorbed by the atmosphere and especially during rain, a transmitter's range is limited to 300 meters. Therefore, 5G requires base stations and antennas to be much more closely spaced than previous generations. Plus, satellites and space will emit 5G bands globally to create a wireless worldwide web. The new system therefore requires significant densification of 4G infrastructure as well as new 5G antennas that may dramatically increase the population's WCR exposure both inside structures and outdoors. Approximately 100,000 emitting satellites are planned to be launched into orbit. This infrastructure will significantly alter the world's electromagnetic environment to unprecedented levels and may cause unknown consequences to the entire biosphere, including human beings. (laughs) Unprecedented. There's that word again, people. That's what we're going to see in the 21st century unprecedented shit. (laughs) Oh, boy. The new infrastructure will service the new 5G devices, including 5G mobile phones, routers, computers, tablets, self-driving vehicles, machine-to-machine communications, and the Internet of Things. The global industry standard for 5G is set by the 5G Partnership Project, which is an umbrella term for several organizations developing standard protocols for mobile uh, telecommunications. The 5G standard specifies all key aspects of the technology, including frequency spectrum allocation, beam forming, beam steering, multiplexing, multiple in, multiple out schemes, as well as modulation schemes, among others. That's IT speak for those of you that don't understand what that stuff is. Uh, 5G will utilize from 64 to 256 antennas at short distances to serve virtually simultaneously a large number of devices within a cell. The latest finalized 5G standard, release 16, is codified in the 3GPP published technical report, TR21.916, and may be downloaded from the 5G PP server. Engineers claim that 5G will offer performance up to 10 times that of current 4G networks. 
And then it goes on. COVID-19 began in Wuhan, China in December of 2019, shortly after citywide 5G had gone live. That is become an operational system on October 31st, 2019. COVID-19 outbreaks soon followed in other areas where 5G had also been at least partially implemented, including South Korea, Northern Italy, New York City, Seattle, and Southern California. In May of 2020, Mordekov reportedly, I'm sorry, Mordekov, Mordekov, reported a statistically significant correlation between the intensity of radiofrequency radiation and the mortality from SARS-CoV-2 in 31 countries throughout the world. During the first pandemic wave in the United States, COVID-19 attributed cases and deaths were statistically higher in states and major cities with 5G infrastructure as compared with states and cities that did not yet have this technology. There is a large body of peer-reviewed literature since before World War II on the biological effects of WCR that impact many aspects of our health. In examining this literature, we found intersections between the pathophysiology of SARS-CoV-2 and detrimental bio-effects of WCR exposure. Here, we present the evidence suggesting that WCR has been a possible contributing factor exacerbating COVID-19. Go grab a beverage and strap on your seatbelts, people. Overview on COVID-19, section 1.2. The clinical presentation of COVID-19 has proven to be highly variable with a wide range of symptoms and variability from case to case. According to the CDC, early disease symptoms may include sore throat, headache, fever, cough, chills, among others. More severe symptoms including shortness of breath, high fever, severe fatigue uh, may occur in a later stage. The neurological sequela of taste and smell loss has also been described. Uh, ING et al. determined 80% of those affected have mild symptoms or none, but older populations and those with comorbidities such as hypertension, diabetes, and obesity have a greater risk for severe disease. Acute respiratory distress syndrome can rapidly occur and cause severe shortness of breath as endothelial cells lining blood vessels and epithelial cells lining airways lose their integrity and protein-rich fluid leaks into adjacent air sacs. COVID-19 can cause insufficient oxygen levels hypoxia that have been seen in up to 80% of intensive care unit patients exhibiting respiratory distress, decreased oxygenation, and elevated carbon dioxide levels in patients' blood have been observed, although the etiology etiology for these findings remain unclear. Massive oxidative damage to the lungs has been observed in areas of airspace opacification documented on chest radiographs and computed tomography. Uh, 
scans. In patients with SARS-CoV-2, pneumonia, this cellular stress may indicate a biochemical rather than a viral etiology. And I don't know what etiology means. You have to go look it up. If I had to guess, it had so, it has something to do with how things affect your biochemical situation. Uh, because disseminated virus can attach itself to cells containing an angiotensin-converting enzyme, AC2 receptor, you've heard about that probably, it can spread and damage organs and soft tissues throughout the body, including lungs, heart, intestines, kidneys, blood vessels, fat, testes, ovaries, among others. The disease can increase systemic inflammation and induce a hypercoagulable state without anticoagulation intravascular blood clots can be devastating in covid-19 patients referred to as long haul covid uh cases symptoms can wax and wane for many months shortness of breath fatigue joint pain chest pain etc can become persistent symptoms Post-infectious brain fog, cardiac arrhythmia, and new-onset hypertension have also been described. Long-term chronic complications of COVID-19 are being defined as epidemiological data are collected over time, meaning they don't know for sure how it affects you yet. The data is being collected over time. As our understanding of COVID-19 continues to evolve, <laughs> environmental factors, particularly those of wireless communication electromagnetic fields, remain unexplored variables that may be contributing to the disease, including its severity in some patients. Next, we will summarize the bioeffects of WCR exposure from the peer-reviewed scientific literature published over Decades. <laughs> Section 1.3 Overview of bio defects, bio effects rather, of WCR exposure. Organisms are electrochemical beings. Low level WCR from devices including mobile telephony base antennas, wireless network protocols utilized for the local networking of devices and internet access, trademarked as Wi Fi. IEEE 802.11 Bravo Direct Sequence Protocol, Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers Protocols. That's the, you know, the newest release of the network, basically, the infrastructure. Uh, by the Wi-Fi Alliance and mobile phones, among others, may disrupt regulation of numerous physiological functions. May disrupt regulation of numerous physiological functions. Non-thermal bioeffects from very low-level WCR exposure have been reported in numerous peer-reviewed scientific publications at power densities below the international communication on non-ionizing radiation protection exposure guidelines. Low-level WCR has been found to impact the organism at all levels of organization, from the molecular to the cellular, physiological, behavioral, and psychological levels. Moreover, it has been shown to cause systemic detrimental health effects including increased cancer risk, endocrine changes, increased free radical production, deoxyribonucleic acid damage, 
changes to the reproductive system, learning and memory defects, and neurological disorders. Having evolved within Earth's extremely low-level natural radio frequency background, organisms lack the ability to adapt to heightened levels of unnatural radiation of WCT, wireless communication technology, with digital modulation that includes short, intense pulses or bursts. I know this is a little dense, but you got this is pretty compelling. You guys got to check this out. I'm going to keep going. The peer-reviewed world scientific literature has documented evidence for detrimental bioeffects from WCR exposure, including 5G frequencies, over several decades. The Soviet and Eastern European literature from 1960 to 1970 demonstrates significant biological effects, even at exposure levels more than 1,000 times below um, whatever 1MW over CM squared means. The current guideline for maximum public exposure in the U.S. Eastern studies on animal and human subjects were performed at low exposure levels for long durations. Adverse bioeffects from WCR exposure levels below 0.001 MW over CM squared have also been documented in the Western literature. Damage to human sperm viability including DNA fragmentation by internet-connected laptop computers at certain power densities have been reported. Chronic human exposure is what we're talking about here, people. Being in this radio frequency field continuously without getting away from it ever. Your body is constantly exposed to it. They also say, someone told me also, I think it was on that page, I think it was called Americans for Responsible Technology, I want to say. And they say that you should sleep with your phone at least 15 or 20 feet away from you. Like you shouldn't sleep within the radio frequency range. I mean, this stuff is, you know, it hasn't really been studied. This is the first study on this, it seems. I mean, there's probably more, but uh, here we go. So human exposure to cell phone radiation at certain levels resulted in complaints of headache, neurological problems, sleep problems, concentration problems, corresponding to microwave sickness, the effects of WCR on prenatal development in mice placed near an antenna park, exposed to power densities from... Uh, blah, 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 showed a progressive decrease in the number of newborns and ended in irreversible infertility. Most U.S. research has been performed over short durations of weeks or less, and in recent years, there have been few long-term studies on animals or humans, and the ones that have occurred have been very telling, my fellow. Americans. Illness from WCR exposure has been documented since the early use of radar. Prolonged exposure to microwave and millimeter waves from radar was associated with various disorders termed radio wave sickness decades ago by Russian scientists. A wide variety of bioeffects from non-thermal power densities of WCR were reported by Soviet research groups 
since the 1960s. A, bi a bibliography of over 3,700 references in the reported biological effects in the world scientific literature was published in 1972 and revised in 1976 by the U.S. Naval Medical Research Institute. Several relevant Russian studies are summarized as follows. Research on Escherichia coli bacteria cultures show power density windows for microwave resonance effects uh, for 51.755 gigahertz stimulation of bacterial growth observed at extremely low power densities, illustrating an extremely low level bio effect. More recently, Russian studies confirmed earlier results of Soviet research groups on the effects of certain gigahertz uh, levels on rats, 30 days exposure uh, for seven hours a day, demonstrating the formation of antibodies to the brain's autoimmune response and stress reactions. People, in a long term, one to four year study comparing children who use mobile phones to a control group, functional changes including greater fatigue, decreased voluntary attention, and weakening of semantic memory, among other adverse psychophysiological changes, were reported. Key Russian research reports that underline the scientific basis for Soviet and Russian WCR exposure guidelines to protect the public, which are much lower than the U.S. guidelines, have been summarized as well. By comparison to the exposure levels, Employed in these studies, we re, oh, I'm sorry, we measured the ambient level of WCR uh, from San Francisco, California, December 2020, and found an average power density of 0 0.0002 mW over cm squared. This level is from the superposition of multiple WCR devices. It is approximately two times ten to the tenth power times above the natural background. Pulsed radio frequency radiation such as WCR exhibits substantially different bioeffects both qualitatively and quantitatively. They're generally more pronounced when compared to continuous waves at similar time average power densities. The specific interaction mechanisms are not well understood. All types of wireless communications employ extremely low frequencies in the modulation of the radio frequency carrier signals, typically pulses to increase the capacity of information transmitted. You don't think there's going to be a 6G, people? <laughs> 7G? At what point do we just fucking vaporize? You know what I'm saying? This combination of radio frequency radiation with ELF modulation is generally more bioactive, as it is surmised that organisms cannot readily adapt to such rapidly changing wave forms. Therefore, the presence of ELF components of radio frequency waves from pulsing or other modulations must be considered in studies on the bioeffects of WCR. Unfortunately, the reporting of such modulations has been unreliable, especially in older studies. The Bioinitiative Report 
authored by 29 experts from 10 countries and updated in 2020, provides a scholarly contemporary summary of the literature on the bioeffects and health consequences from WCR exposure, including the compendium of supporting research. Recent reviews have been published, two comprehensive reviews on the bioeffects of millimeter waves reported, and even short-term exposures produced marked bioeffects. People, I'm going to take a break. My throat's getting a little sore here. But I got to go I got to get through this. I don't know if this is going to be the whole show today. There's other stuff I want to get to. But let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish reading one of the first scholarly studies done on the effects of wireless communication radiation with regard to its biochemical reaction involving bacteria, viruses, and the human body when we come back on the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. So, I'm reading from the Journal of Clinical and Translational Research. Evidence for a connection between coronavirus disease and exposure to radiofrequency radiation from wireless communications, including 5G. I went over the background and the aim, uh, the relevance for patients, the intro, the background, the overview and how it related, uh, the overview on bioeffects of WCR. And now we're going to get into the methods and the conclusions, okay? So picking up where we left off, methods. An ongoing literature study of the unfolding pathophysiology of SARS-CoV-2 was performed. To investigate a possible connection to bioeffects from WCR exposure, we examined over 250 peer-reviewed research reports from 1969 to 2021, including reviews and studies on cells, animals, and humans. We included the world literature on uh, in English and Russian reports translated to English on radio frequencies, the carrier wave spectrum, with particular emphasis on non-thermal low power densities and long-term exposures. The following search terms were used, yada, yada. So they talk about how it affects... Um, your hemoglobin, hemodynamic uh, hypoxia, vascular inflammation, prone to inflammation, immune system, lymphocyte, T-cell, cytokine, all these things that um, are affected by COVID and by maybe the vaccines, I guess. 
Maybe the vaccine has something to do with WCR2 uh, with respect to COVID-19. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but interesting stuff. So they did this. They looked at all this research from years and years and years. And they came to the conclusion that many studies have found that exposure, long-term exposure to WCR, wireless communication radiation, can affect the human body in certain negative ways. Results. The list and manifestations common to COVID-19, including disease progression and the corresponding adverse bioeffects from WCR exposure, uh, although these effects are delineated into categories, blood changes, oxidative stress, immune system disruption and activation, increased intracellular calcium, and cardiac effects. It must be emphasized that these effects are not independent of each other. For example, blood clotting and inflammation have overlapping mechanisms, and oxidative stress is implicated in erythrocyte morphological changes as well as hypercoagulation, inflammation, and organ damage. Not great, right? Uh, also, there are changes in the blood, and it goes on to talk about that. Oxidative stress talks about that quite a bit. Uh, there's an entire section on immune system disruption and activation. So it's it's attacking your immune system. Increased intracellular calcium. I don't know what that does exactly, but apparently that's not good. Uh, maybe I think it has something to do with your lungs can cause uh, can cause thrombosis with an inflammatory process response. Uh, cardiac effects, you can have negative, you know, heart problems, heart attacks, stroke, whatever. I know some people that have talked about their hearts are just beating out of their chest. And then at the end, of it, there's a discussion and it says this. Epidemiologists, including those at the CDC, consider multiple causal factors when evaluating the virulence of an agent and understanding its ability to spread and cause disease. Most importantly, these variables include environmental cofactors and the health status of the host. Evidence from the literature summarized here suggests a possible connection between several adverse health effects of WCR exposure and the clinical course of COVID-19. Uh, clearly, COVID-19 occurs in regions with little wireless communication. Furthermore, the relative morbidity caused by WCR exposure in COVID-19 is yet, still yet unknown. So, obviously, we don't know for sure. We don't have enough information yet. We recognize that many factors have influenced the pandemic's course. Before restrictions were imposed, travel patterns facilitated the seeding of the virus, causing early rapid growth spread, population density, Higher means of population age and socioeconomic factors certainly influenced the spread, the early spread. Air pollution may have a factor. We postulate that WCR possibly contributed to the early spread. Yada, yada. Okay? So, I'm not going to continue to bore you to death with this entire article. Um, but, pretty fascinating stuff. They say that... Um, one of the shortcomings of the paper is that we do not have access to experimental data on 5G exposures. Little is known about population exposure from uh, real-world WCR, so 
you know, maybe there's no effect. Uh, maybe it's conjecture. Maybe it's just coincidence. You know, more information is needed. Um, and then here's the conclusion. There's a substantial overlap in pathobiology between COVID-19 and WCR exposure. The evidence presented here indicates that mechanisms involved in the clinical progression of COVID-19 could also be generated according to experimental data by WCR exposure. Therefore, we propose a link between adverse bioeffects of WCR exposure from wireless devices and COVID-19. So, there you go. If you had any questions about COVID-19 and whether or not 5G has anything to do with it, uh, it could, I think is the conclusion. And I wonder how much, you know, how how is this going to look in the future? Are we going to need more interconnectedness once we get, you know, closer to the singularity, (laughs) right? Is, is 5G going to vaporize us? Are we going to come up with some new technology that pro, uh, protects us against the radiation from all of this interconnectedness? We shall see. Okay, so let's move on. Um, there is a group out there called I Can, And it's a group of people that are independent and they... Um, I can, I can stands for the Informed Consent Action Network. Okay, I can org, and they are a group of people that it's a nonprofit group, and they have a podcast with a guy named Dell Big Tree called the High Wire that I'm about to play a clip uh, from for you here in a minute. But this group is pretty badass. They have a team of lawyers. They send out FOIA requests. They try to get information. Uh, They're big on the actual um, getting the paperwork and the documentation of what's going on and the questions that people ask them literally into your hands, tangibly, so that you can read them for yourself. And... This, I would say, would be a good group to donate some money to if you believe in their cause. So go check it out, ICanDecide.org, the Informed Consent Action Network, okay? These people are searchers. These people are seeking truth, just like you and me, my listeners, and myself. We're just looking for what's really going on, right? And if you can provide us with some evidence that supports these claims, even better. That's that's the unicorn. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? We're looking for validation and accountability and transparency, right? Okay. So here we go. This is from a recent episode that they of of the High Wire with the host Del Bigtree, and he's talking to some scientist, uh, Geert Vandenbosch, who has a lot of scary things to say about the mass vaccination programs that are going on around this world right now. And I'm not going to play anything from that interview. I want you guys to go 
take a look uh, for yourself because it's very compelling, crazy stuff. Maybe I will summarize it later on. Um, maybe not this episode, but maybe in the future. So take a listen to this clip. And this is, let me set it up. They sent a FOIA request to get the information about, um, you know, are people that are uh, that have got COVID-19 reinfecting other people after being vaccinated? Or, you know, basically what kind of information... Um, well, you know, we want to read, will you send it to us, you know, federal government? And they got a response back. And I'm butchering the story right now. Let me just play the clip for you. So here we go. This is from the podcast, The High Wire with Del Bigtree, uh, the Informed Consent Action Network. Here we go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are out there in the world. It's time we all step out onto the high wire. Now, we do a lot of great shows here, and I'm always excited to be sitting at this desk, but this is one of those days where we have such a brilliant show ahead. I've actually got, like, butterflies, just hoping that it all goes exactly as planned. I think this show is going to represent the best of what the High Wire does, from our legal all the way to the brilliant team that helps put this show together. So let's just get it rolling, shall we? When it comes to our legal front, we released a document last week that came through one of our FOIA requests to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This document has gone viral. This is essentially what it was. It was a letter from our our legal team at Syrian Glimstad. Dear sir or madam, this firm represents the Informed Consent Action Network, ICANN. On behalf of ICANN, please provide the following records to FOIA at Syrilip.com in electronic form. Here's what we asked for, documents reflecting any documented case of an individual who, number one, never received a COVID-19 vaccine, two, was infected with COVID-19 once, recovered, and then later became infected again, and three, transmitted SARS-CoV-2 to another person when reinfected. We sent this out, and of course, as usual, and you know, this is because of the work we've done for those of you that are just joining us, we have won lawsuits against this very department, the CDC. We've won lawsuits against the FDA, Health and Human Services, the National Institute of Health. It starts with issues like this, where we make a FOIA request, they refuse to answer us, and then eventually we take them into court to get the answers that we believe the people, the United States of America, and the world need to know. So in this circumstance, they finally responded to our question, and this was their answer. And in regards to all of the above, basically, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry received your September 2nd, 2021 Freedom of Information Act FOIA request on September 02, 2021, seeking, as I just said, never received a COVID-19 vaccine a person, was infected with COVID-19 once, recovered, and then later became infected, and then transmitted that to another person when reinfected. This is what they had to say. A search of our records failed to reveal any documents pertaining to your request. They went on to further explain the CDC Emergency Operations Center, EOC, conveyed that this information is not collected. An incredible uh, discovery there that though we are talking about vaccinated people and whether or not they should be allowed into certain places and we're making other people wear masks and all of that and de- trying to decide how we're all going to move amongst each other on this earth, the one thing the CDC is not you know, tracking is what is happening with natural infection. The one thing we've known since the dawn of man 
is how we've always had herd immunity. The idea of herd immunity comes from natural infection. You catch the illness, once you've had it, you develop antibodies, and then you have this very long-lived uh, immunity. In many cases, when it comes to measles and other childhood illnesses, you have lifelong immunity from coming in contact with that virus. But in this case, with SARS-CoV-2, when they're telling us they are so incredibly focused on this pandemic and how to stop it, they're not looking into or collecting any data on the one thing they know for a fact would stop it, which would be natural infection. They have no data on that. Well, obviously, we weren't the only ones shocked and surprised when we started putting this out uh, to the different social media platforms that we were on. It, it took fire. Here's just some of the headlines that came out of that. Uh, this is what was sent out. Um, trial site news. Attorney elicits admission from CDC. They crush rights of the COVID-19 natural immune without any proof whatsoever. CDC's, this is Blaze Media, CDC says it doesn't keep records on whether unvaccinated Americans with natural immunity spread COVID-19. Newsmax, CDC not collecting data on transmission of COVID from recovered individuals. Uh, and then Epoch Times, CDC, no record of naturally immune transmitting COVID-19. And then, of course, when we have uh, people got onto the Twitter, this is uh, Marty McCary, who's on Fox all the time. He's saying, at CDC director, please release the data on reinfections resulting in hospital and deaths, if any, amongst those with prior COVID serology by healthy comorbid. Israel did. CDC should be transparent with data on natural immunity. Instead, we get glimpses from FOIA requests like this one. They're talking about our FOIA request. Thomas Massey, representative, in response to FOIA requests, the CDC literally just admitted they haven't documented a single case of an unvaccinated individual with natural immunity spreading the virus. FWIW, the lawyer who has submitted this FOIA request, is helping with our mask lawsuit against Nancy Pelosi. That's right, Aaron Siri is helping them with that. And then, you know, uh, probably one of the things that even went more viral was Dan Bongino decided to cover this on his show. He's a blogger. He's got his own radio show. Of course, you've seen him on Fox multiple times. I think he even has his own show on Fox on Sundays. This is what he had to say about the Informed Consent Action Network's FOIA request. Take a look at this. I want you to remember the golden rule of evidence. That's this. Hat tip Nassim Taleb from his book. The absence of evidence does not mean the evidence of absence. Do you get what I'm saying here? The fact that the CDC does not have and is not collecting data on natural immunity, preventing people from reinfection and passing it on to others, does not mean it doesn't happen. The real scandal here is that the CDC, quote, is not collecting this information. You're not concerned at all about the effects of natural immunity and that people who got a COVID-19 infection may be, may be less likely to pass it on than people who were vaccinated? How, why do I say maybe? Because the CDC doesn't know. Their emergency operations center conveyed that they're not collecting this information. All right, joining me now is our lawyer for the Informed Consent Action Net Network, Aaron Siri. Aaron, thanks for joining me today. Uh, great to be here, Dow. Well, I mean, look, you, you, you filed this FOIA for us. It came back, you know, fairly shocking that they just had no evidence of any such case of a naturally infected person 
catching the virus and then giving it to somebody else. Now, Dan Bongino, when he brings this up, he says, you know, he makes a good point. It doesn't prove that it's never happened. It just proves that they have no idea if it's never happened. And they don't seem... But what he says, ultimately, is the real shocking thing here, right, is that um, that they never cared to collect that data. Is that really the sh most shocking part of the CDC's response to our FOIA request? I, I think that it's the, uh, the, the, the mini shocker. I think there's a bigger shocker, Frank. Okay. And it's this, those who've been vaccinated, the CDC has documented cases of them becoming infected and transmitting the virus. Not just one documented case, many documented case. Right. But what does the CDC say for those folks? They can stay in school, right? They can keep their jobs. They don't have to be separated from the military. They can enjoy the civil liberties that we think of when we think of liberty under the constitution. Right. But what does the CDC say for those who've been infected previously, meaning they have natural immunity? It says, kick them out of school, throw them out of their jobs, separate them from the military, exclude them from civil society. And here's the shocker. It's doing that even though it doesn't have a single documented case by its own admission of somebody with a natural immunity becoming reinfected and transmitting the virus. Right. That's the shock. And beyond that lack of proof, we can we have as as a part of our interactions with the CDC and the FDA, um, both through FOIA requests and other letter writing you know instances, we have shown them that the body of science shows a far more robust immunity uh, from a natural infection compared to vaccination. I mean, there's just there's really quite a bit of science on this. So even though we can't say for sure that they, you know, because they simply lack the science to support their position, the science that we look at around the world actually says the opposite of what they're pointing out, which is, yes, vaccinated, can get reinfected, will infect other people. You're giving them rights and freedoms and taking rights and freedoms away from the one group, the one group we know on this planet that actually can neutralize this virus and no longer transmit it, at least for long periods of time based on the science that we're looking at around the world. And the science that they're looking at around the world and the news reports that we're reading now about the vaccines and reinfection and um, are the people that are in the ICU beds really all unvaccinated? Or is it getting to the point now where it's actually become a pandemic of the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated. And this show goes on to say, uh, he runs news reports by you from all over the world, Ireland, South uh, Africa, uh, India, uh, Ireland, I think I already said that. There's a bunch of different places that apparently there's more vaccinated people in the ICUs and in the hospitals, sick as fuck right now, that are jabbed. Double jabbed, triple jabbed. There's some evidence uh, out there that I read that the T-cell count after vaccination actually lowers your T-cell count and makes your body more susceptible to disease temporarily. And who knows? That's alleged. Maybe it's, maybe it's permanently. Who knows? Who knows how this experimental vaccine is affecting you? And, and my fellow Americans, guess what? 
what did these guys just get done telling you? There's lawyers involved. The CDC, the FDA, they do not want to give you this information. They even tried to, they're, it's in the courts right now. The, they're trying to uh, not release the, the COVID-19 vaccine data until 2076, people. Uh, uh, Representative uh, Thomas Massey apparently reviewed the science and he said that he called out the CDC. He said, look, you guys, the science that's in the report that you guys put out is different, you know, than the one that you told the public. And he goes over all that on this podcast. You guys got to go check this show out. The High Wire with Del Bigtree. It's, it's, it's a good show. All-encompassing stuff. Um... You know, it, it, I don't know what is happening in this world. The more you dig, the more you find information that is unsettling. You know, is 5G affecting the transmission of these viruses? Is it creating a situation where it's hurting your body and preventing your body from being able to defend itself against these viruses? Are they trying to keep us sick and trying to continue to sell their snake oil poison vaccines and I, i'm that, that's a you know that's hyperbole that's me being dramatic but what's in these fucking vaccines people <laughs> it's not working it's a complete failure they tried to tell you oh you got to put more masks on maybe you need two masks maybe you need three masks And now it's, oh, maybe you need four jabs. Maybe you need five jabs. What a fucking joke this shit is becoming. And there's organizations out there now that are submitting FOIA requests, trying to get information so that they can logically assess it, critically analyze it, and then put it all together and make their own decisions. Make the best decisions for themselves without being told by the powers that be, the shysters behind all this shit, what to do. I don't want the powers that be. I don't want the authorities telling me what to do because the more people are digging and the more we are compiling the information, not only here in the United States, but around this world about how effective these vaccines are and how sick are people really getting that contract COVID-19 and that are or are not vaxxed? And it looks like the natural immunity is the money shot. You almost want to get it, even if your symptoms are more severe than they were had you been vaccinated, because the nat- the natural immunity you are getting from fighting and defeating this virus is exponentially more effective against this virus and its mutations in the future. They're saying that the vaccine protection is significantly less than natural immunity. And duh, I don't need to be a scientist to know that that's how it works with all viruses that we have ever been up against, right? Do we just did did we just selectively forget 
how we have fought every other fucking virus in the history of viruses? What a fucking joke. What a joke. The FDA doesn't, they're lying to you, that means they're in on it. The CDC, they're lying to you and not releasing information, flip-flopping on what they're telling you versus what they're doing, so they're in on it. The government and the pharmaceutical companies and big tech, it's a big club. They're all in on it, and the government is working with the businesses to try to increase their ROI and their profit share at the expense of you, each and every one of you, my fellow Americans. They'd rather help the businesses continue to fucking pull the wool over your eyes and hoodwink you in perpetuity. They'd rather do that than release the logically desired information that a rational adult human being American is going to want in order to find their own truth, reach their own conclusions, analyze the evidence. And if that evidence isn't there, because the people that are in charge of this shit, the people that are supposed to be compiling that information aren't doing it, what does that tell you? It tells me that they don't give a fuck about you. I've been over it a million times on this episode, on this episode, on this podcast, since episode one. Carlin was right. They do not give a fuck about you. Your favorite politician, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, people. Your favorite politician. You Tulsa Gabbard person? Huh? You know, you're a, are you a Thomas Massey person? Are you a Nancy Pelosi person? Doesn't matter. They're all members of the big club that you and I are not in. And the reason why we're not in it is because the government isn't trying to inform its constituents. It's trying to protect its funders, the banks, the corporations, the multinational groups that continue to put puppet after puppet after puppet that they fund the campaigns for and continue to parade in front of you, my fellow American people, every four years. Do you want the puppet on the right or the puppet on the left? Same group of people controlling both puppets. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You going to keep believing the propaganda? Keep telling yourself, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to disregard what my own eyes and my own intellect sees and experiences and hears. And you're just going to believe the propaganda. You know what? Maybe I should just go get a vaccine. I was a victim. I'm vaccinated. I figured, you know, if there's protection out there, even if it is experimental, then okay. I'll give it a shot. I've had a lot of shots before. I've told you before. I was in the military. And I partied a lot in my 20s and early 30s. So it's not like I haven't had a lot of different foreign substances in my system. 
<laughs> you know, I was property of the United States government at one point uh, uh, in time in my life. So, yeah, maybe I took a little bit of a leap of faith. Maybe I believed a little bit of the fucking bullshit when I shouldn't have. Am I going to drop dead in 10, 15 years from this vaccine? Maybe. uh, City of Minneapolis just recently and St. Paul, the Twin Cities. If you didn't know this, guess what? If you travel here from out of state and you want to go to a bar or a restaurant or a nightclub, got to show your vaccine passport. Vaccine passports are coming. And now they're here, right? I've been over that before. Two years ago, anyone talking about vaccine passports becoming a thing were labeled as conspiracy theorists, you fucking tinfoil, hat-wearing, nutjob idiots. Really think that they're going to do that to us? You're just fucking crazy. You're a tinfoil, hat-wearing, conspiracy theorist nutjob. Right? Now they're here. Now they're here. It's here. It's coming. And now it's here. What are we going to do about it? Take a listen to this. Apparently, back in 2017, I want to say. Uh, 2017, there was a... Something called a SPARS pandemic scenario conducted a training exercise based on a quote-unquote fictional scenario (laughs) conducted by Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. (laughs) Bloomberg. Johns Hopkins. That... It was a futuristic scenario for public health risk communications. The center's sparse pandemic exercise narrative comprises a futuristic scenario that illustrates communication dilemmas concerning medical countermeasures that could plausibly emerge in the not-so-distant future. (laughs) People, they, they planned it, and then they executed it in real life. Believe it or not, all of the evidence is pointing to it. I've been over uh, Crimson Contagion in agen- or, uh, and Event 201 on previous podcasts. This is another one, Spars Pandemic Scenario Book. And they predicted, oh, maybe from 2025 to 2028, that was the year that this alleged scenario may occur. When really it only occurred, you know, five years after they actually conducted this thing. I mean, people... How much more information and evidence do you need to make good decisions? I don't know what more I need to provide, but I'm going to keep providing for you, my listeners, who I love very much. And I just want you guys to be armed with the ammunition of knowledge so that you can make your own best decisions for yourself. While engaged with the rigorous simulated health emergency scenario, readers have the opportunity to mentally rehearse responses while also weighing the implications of their actions. At the same time, readers have a chance to consider what potential measures implemented in today's environment might avert comparable communication dilemmas or classes of dilemmas in the future. 
the self-guided exercise scenario for public health communications uh, communicators and risk communication researchers covers a raft of themes and associated dilemmas in risk communication, rumor control, interagency message coordination and consistency, issue management, proactive and reactive media relations, cultural competency, and ethical concerns. So they tackled this scenario from every possible angle. You know, issues that are going to arise with the people. Cultural competency. Are certain cultures even able to process the science and what they're being told? The lies they're being fed by their media. Reactive media uh, and proactive media relations. Issue management. How are we going to manage when the public brings up issues, right? To ensure that the scenario accounts for rapid technological innovation and exceeds the expectations of participants, the center's project team gleaned information from subject matter experts, historical accounts of past medical countermeasure crises, contemporary media reports, and scholarly literature in sociology, emergency preparedness, health education, and risk and crisis communication. The scenario, once again, was hypothetical. The infectious pathogen, hypothetical. Medical countermeasures and characters involved, news media excerpts and reports involved, social media posts and government agency responses are entirely fictional. This occurred October 2017. People. At what point do we look ourselves in the mirror and say to ourselves, we've been hoodwinked. We are constantly being brainwashed. The same group of people control all the news and information we get to hear. And when we, the enlightened, educated American people, Start asking questions and poking around, following the breadcrumbs. And we come up against gatekeeper after gatekeeper after brick wall after brick wall. Members of this elite elite aristocracy continue to tell us to go fuck ourselves. You want to know what's really going on in this world? Go fuck yourself. That's the messaging. From the CDC, the FDA, all the pharmaceutical companies, the World Health Organization, the NIH, Fauci, yada, 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 etc., etc., etc. People, I don't know what else to say about this. I don't know if I want to talk about COVID and the vaccines that much anymore moving forward on my podcast. I think I've covered it. I think it's covered. I think if I continue to talk about it, I'm just beating a dead horse. If you still think that there is any legitimacy to what we are being told about the vaccines, about how this COVID-19 virus operates and spreads, 
if you still believe that what you're being told is legitimate. And that the big club and the powers that be that are feeding you all this nonsense and telling you to go fuck yourself as soon as you start asking your own questions. You really still believe in this group of people? You still have any faith in these institutions and these groups and these corporations and government. Unnecessary evil that needs to be checked and balanced. And the reason why this stuff is happening, people, is because for years they've brainwashed you with propaganda, bombarded you with useless, overstimulated, unnecessary, sensationalized, constant bombardment of information, blinding you to the underlying realities themselves, in the words of Carol Quigley. You want to Keep watching the show, my fellow Americans. Or are you going to start watching and paying attention to the reality? What kind of person do you want to be in this brave new surveillance police state Orwell, Orwellian totalitarian socialist communist dictatorship nightmare one world government? That's coming. What kind of person you want to be? You want to take the blue pill? The road you know? You're going to take the red pill. And start walking down the road unknown. There are so many people in my personal life. Like Joe Rogan said, they just want you to join the club. Just get vaccinated. Even if you already have nat uh, natural uh, antibodies, natural immunity, if you've already contracted and beat the virus, they, they're still just like, oh, you know, Lord Fauci says that if you want to be on the, on the right side of history in the United States, you got to get vaccinated. How does propaganda work? It needs to be propagated by authority figures. I've been over that before when we talked about Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda. You need the authorities, the powers that be, the status quo, to be uh, promulgating a consistent message. That's what public relations is all about. That's what this spars exercise conducted by Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School was all about. That's what Event 201 and the Bill and Melinda Gates operations that they got going on all over the world, that's what it's all about. They're telling you about pandemics and contagions in their entertainments, in their movies, in their TV shows, constantly bombarding you in your face, Thousands of options. You want to watch some some uh, awesome movie? You know, you go check Rotten Tomatoes. You just sit down, plop your fat ass on your couch, let the cable TV just wash over you, suggesting stories and ideas to you. Repetition. Repetitive. 
key phrases, subliminal messages, propaganda. The big five media companies tell you all the news and information that you get to hear. They got us by the balls. So what are you going to do about it? You know, you're going to go get a fourth jab? Because you got the sniffles? You're going to worry about it and be afraid of it every single fucking day of your life? You're going to let it affect your personal relationships with others? They're turning people into hypochondriacs. The fear porn and the sensationalized news media narratives are destroying the minds of the rational, sane citizen of the world. It's a big club. And you and I, my fellow Americans, we are not in the big club. And you're going to keep hearing it. You start paying attention to this stuff, people, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before you say to yourself, man, they planned all this shit. Andrew for America was right since day one. And many others were correct as well. I'm not taking all the credit for being able to sniff this shit out before the average American. I and many like me tried to tell you. And we continue to try to tell you. And if you choose not to listen, whose fault is that? If you choose to remain an ignorant, uneducated, unmotivated, apathetic, naive, gullible, sheep, easily led to the slaughter, American citizen, if you wear that moniker that the rest of the world has about us, that stereotype, as if it's a badge of honor. You're a card-carrying member of this Isaac Asimov's cult of anti-intellectualism that runs rampant throughout this country. We better get smart, people. We better wake up to the realities of this world before it's too late. And I don't want to keep pushing the fear porn on you. I know I get dramatic when I talk about this stuff. I'm trying to send a message. You better find your balls. You better get courageous. You better run screaming from the left-wing social justice warrior plantation of mind control and action management, censorship, fascism that those people believe in, identity politics, politics, cancel culture, CRT, no end in sight, to the divide and conquer agenda. 
keeping us apart, keeping us separate, keeping us talking about all the things that separate us, that make us different. Don't pay attention to all the things that you people have in common. Why would you do that? Why would you join forces and start pointing your fingers collectively at your enemy? And who's your enemy, my fellow Americans? Your enemy is the big club. At what point are we going to wake up and shake hands, throw down our ridiculous narratives, put down our weapons, stop our emotional thinking, our brainwashed bullshit decision making, and come together as one people? And say to our elected officials, who we are supposed to be in charge and regulating. And we clearly haven't been doing that. And they've been working, including and conspiring behind the scenes to keep it that way. To keep the status quo in place. I know the problem seems... Too big to fail and unconquerable. But that's bullshit. And if that's what you keep telling yourself, stop listening to this podcast. Stop trying to seek the truth. Stop trying to find out what's really going on. Don't read books. Ignorance is bliss. Go back into the matrix and pretend that this shit isn't happening. And if you can still sleep at night and if it doesn't gnaw away at you, every single day of your life that you really know what's going on and you suspect that things are a certain way and you choose to run silent in the opposite direction. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and others, maybe they were right about you. About you. We won't remember the actions of our enemies. We'll, we'll remember the silence of our friends or something to that effect. I think as the quote goes by Martin Luther King and maybe Einstein and maybe Mark Twain and many others, all the smart people that ever had anything smart to say about the human condition in reality are all saying the same things. I've been over it a million times. What more do I need to provide? Send me an email, andrew4america1984 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear it. And as always, if you got some information that I need to hear so that I can wise up and smarten up and drop some of this bullshit, I'd love it. I'd love to not believe that some of this stuff is happening. I'd love to turn my back on what I am experiencing through my own five senses, maybe six senses. I'd love to do that. I'd love for an all-encompassing, you know, God-type figure to just enter my psyche and tell me, hey, you know what? It's all going to be okay. Everything's fine. Your government and the gods have it all under control. Predetermination. Or fate. What do you believe in? What's your philosophy? 
How do you look at all this shit? How do you view the world, right? Let's develop those worldviews, people. Let's start letting this information in. Let's get smart and let's get courageous. Sooner or later, life's going to tell you that if you want and you appreciate the way that you have it, if you want to continue your standard of living as it has been going, and if you want the opportunity to increase your standard of living and to achieve all of your goals and all of your wildest dreams, you're going to have to fight for it. You might even have to give your life for it. I am Andrew for America, and this is the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's time to play some punk rock. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play some punk rock, and today I'm going to play an awesome little cool, quick punk rock song uh, that I thought the lyrics were perfect, uh, themed up quite nice with the subject matter today. Uh, This song is by a band called Call In Dead from Orlando, Florida, and I've been talking to Michael from the band. Uh, He's given me permission to play. Uh, this song for you by these guys, and I like the lyrics. I think they're pretty simple and pretty funny and pretty right on point. Ladies and gentlemen, making their debut on the Politics and Punk Rock podcast from Orlando, Florida. Here's Call In Dead with the song Fight of the Bumblebee.
living a lie. I was waiting to die. The road less traveled. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was Call In Dead with their song, Fight of the Bumblebee. Man. I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of hope for the human race here on planet Earth, people. I don't know if there's any hope for the bumblebee. <laughs> you know what they say, if the bees go away, we're fucked. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Go to the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. Donate to the show. Listen to the show. Buy a t-shirt. Read the about section so you can learn about who I am. Just a former operations specialist, second class petty officer in the United States Navy that did two Western Pacific deployments, was honorably discharged, and then tried to go be a rock star for a decade and had some amazing, amazing experiences. Somehow graduated from college with my super sought after BA in sociology out there on the market these days. <laughs> I used to kind of be a lefty. And then I kind of learned liberty. And now I sit in this chair trying to decipher this crazy world we live in for all of you good fine people. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Look for me on all your favorite social media platforms. I'll be there sooner or later. Go to the website. Send me an email. That's it. Good night. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please spread, share the podcast. Tell your friends. Word of mouth advertising. Thank you guys. I love you guys. We'll see you next time. This has been episode 77 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled, Who Fucking Knows Anymore? We'll see you next time.